always considered Silent Night an odd song. I've, I've been at the birth of actually four babies. I was happening to visit somebody in the hospital right when they were giving birth. So I've been at four of them, and none of them were silent. <laughs> and I've lived in the home with actually eight different babies because before moving here, we kept foster babies in our homes, and none of them were silent. So what is it? about Silent Night that is true about Christmas. When you think about it, God being born in human form, there were only a few folks around. You know, it, it was rather understated if it's the birth of God. I mean, just Mary, Joseph, some shepherds. Yeah, there were some angels but really, that was about it. It was quite a silent night, given what was happening. That the creator of the universe was being born as a vulnerable, helpless baby. No explosion. No, no mighty words from on high. Not even a lightning bolt. Just a silent star. I think the reason the night was silent is because God did not want to trouble us. To cause us panic. Did not want to scare us. Now, it is interesting, every time angels show up as God's messengers, every time Jesus showed up, uh, what were their first words? Yeah, fear not. Don't be afraid. God did not want to intimidate, but he wanted to invite. God did not want to impress. He wanted to include God did not want to worry, but to welcome. So he chose to come rather silently as a helpless, vulnerable baby. This week, we, actually my wife, found a bird in the bathroom. This is rather disconcerting for her, but it was really scary for the bird and he was flying around flying around and I'm like he calls me on the telephone you want me to come home the only problem was I was five minutes from about to start a wedding or a funeral I forget which one it was I had too many this week it's all right well just go in quietly silently right she, she didn't want to bust in there she wanted to quietly make her way through in order to not startle, cause panic for this poor bird who's flying around in our bathroom, which I don't even want to go in there because it was the kids' bathroom. <laughs> but just make your way over 
open the window, open the screen, and help the bird fly that way. Yeah, I, I think this night was silent because God wanted the same thing, not to cause panic, not to cause fear and trepidation, but to do just the opposite. To say, no, I am one who welcomes you. I'm, I'm one who wants to, to help you. I, I'm one who invites you to walk with me in life so that you may flourish as you are created to flourish. God entered the world silently because he didn't want to overwhelm us with his almighty power and his might. But in his gentleness, grace, and love, invited anyone and everyone to come to him. Not out of fear, not out of trepidation, but out of joy, out of peace. That night was silent because that's the very character and nature and the very heart of God for me and for you to silently enter into our world, the world he created, and to make the way plain and easy to fly, to flourish as each of us were created to flourish. Amen. You may be seated. And the children may be dismissed at this time. All children may be dismissed. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. That was Luke chapter 1, verses 31 through 33. Expectations. I can't think of the birth of Jesus and not think about expectations, especially when I read that verse. 
It's full of proclamations of who Jesus is. But how do you really understand who this child will be and what he will accomplish? The temptation is to look backwards and say, oh, sure, that makes perfect sense. I know the story already. But if we're really honest, it doesn't make sense. A baby born to a virgin, that's enough right there to get us all hung up. But a baby born to a virgin will become the savior of the world? How do you make sense of it all? You know, everyone who came to see Jesus came with expectations. It's just our human nature. When you go to see a newborn baby for the first time, there are certain things that are already running through your mind. How much did it weigh? Will it have its father's nose <laughs> or his mother's eyes? It's just a natural thing. We want to see it. And because there were certain events that surrounded this birth, like the prophecies and the shining star in the east, maybe there was an expectation that this baby wouldn't look like an ordinary baby. You know, expectation implies looking forward anticipating what will happen. So I want to ask you one question today. What do you expect when you see him? Let me challenge you for a moment not to look back, but to look forward. What I mean is look forward in expectation as Mary, the mother of our Lord, who received the proclamation that the child she was carrying would reign forever. Look forward as Joseph, who in obedience to God has taken Mary as his wife, knowing that the child that she's carrying is not his. Look forward to the shepherds, to whom the angel appeared out in the fields while they're attending their sheep. And look forward as the wise men who came bearing gifts to worship him. What did they see? What do you see? Don't tell me what you know already. Tell me what you see. You see a baby, a tiny, innocent, helpless baby. But when you look at this baby, can you see him as he truly is? Can you see him as the gift of God? to the entire world. Can you see him as God's gift for you? Can you see him as the salvation for your sin? 
What do you see? Can you see him as the scripture says, the son of God? Can you see that in this tiny, innocent, and helpless little baby? What did you expect to see? A warrior? A prince? A king? Yes. He is all of these. And so much more. Yet, he looks like a baby. But we all know that looks can be deceiving. So how do you fathom what God has done and will do through this baby? Expectations. We've been talking for the last few weeks about Jesus' birthday. And as you look and think about Jesus' birthday this year, look on that tiny child. Look on him with wonder and amazement. Look on him with hope for your future and hope for this world. Wherever you are in your life today, light a candle in celebration of his birthday and celebrate with great expectations. Amen. Well, we've almost fully exhausted all the expanse and types of music that we can bring before the Lord. Almost. I mean, we've, we've, we've moved from the silent to the glorious. And you may be saying, well, wait a minute, I thought you said that night was silent. And, and that God came to invite and not to fright. And you're correct. That's how God chose to enter the world. Remember that bird in our bathroom? I could have told Kathy, well, man, it's your bathroom. You own it. Go in there, get a bat, get a broom, knock that baby down, get him out of there. And in so doing would have you know, caused havoc and quite a mess, cardiac arrest about the bird, maybe Kathy too, and could have led to all kinds of chaos, mayhem, and even death, literally, of the bird. It's God's world could have chosen to enter however he wanted to. And God's nature is one of glory. The word, the word glory even means weight, heavy. The reality is that God is God, and we aren't. That God is big, and we are very small. Even greater than the aspect of a, a bird to a human being. 
is the distance between God and us. I mean, God in God's fullness, in his power, might, and purity, and holiness is indeed shock and awe. invite you just to close your eyes for a moment and and imagine this conversation that God has with one of his creation. It's in the book of Job. Some of you may know the story. If you don't, Job had a bunch of things happen to him that were really bad, and he was mad at God. And through a long journey, this 38 chapters, God then eventually shows up to talk to Job. These are some of the things that he says. Again, just... So close your eyes and hear God speaking to Job. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the heavenly beings shouted for joy. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place so that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth? Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep have the gates of death been revealed to you or have you seen the gates of deep darkness have you comprehended the expanse of the earth declare if you know all this can you lift up your voice to the clouds so that a flood of waters may cover you can you send forth lightning so that they may go and say to you here we are Who has put wisdom in the inward parts or given understanding to the mind? Who has the wisdom to number the clouds or who can tilt the water skins of the heavens when the dust runs into a mass and the clods cling together? Is it by your wisdom that the hawk soars and spreads its wings towards the south? Is it at your command that the eagle mounts up and makes its nest on high? God is the Almighty, the powerful creator of the universe. Creator of all that is from nothing. Yet that God chose to visit us as one of us. By the way, you can open your eyes, unless you're sleeping (laughs) or need to be there. Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) But the God of such size, magnitude, chose to enter the world as one of us. The one to whom we rightly say glory to you. 
came to us. If it had been in Kathy's ability, the best thing to do would have been to become a bird or at least learn bird language and say, hey, it's okay. Here's the way to freedom. We sing joyfully at Christmas. We sing joyfully at Jesus' birthday because, as a good friend of mine in South Alabama used to say, he put the hay at ground level. He put it in the place where we can relate, where we can walk in this life with God. God, who is by his very character and nature high and lifted up, has indeed taken the place of humility so that we can walk with him in life. God's invitation at Christmas is to each one of us to walk in life with him to trust and depend and rely on him, that he's simply trying to open the, the window, remove the screen, and lead us and fly with us into the fullness of life that he's created for us. If you find yourself scared of God, come back to this story. Come back to the way that God chose to reveal himself to us most specifically by coming, becoming one of us. Perfect love has cast out all fear. The fear that you have that causes separation between you and God is not from God. Maybe just a, a, a lie of the world or a work of the evil one. But he invites you to walk with him. I invite you this, this Christmas to ask yourself, where are you on that journey? It may be that you've been hanging out in church for years and years, but you don't know God. Maybe that, that you've been doing good things for a really long time, but you're not walking with Jesus. It's out of fear. It's out of some heightened sense of responsibility. Don't stop doing them. What God wants is for us to walk with Him. To give Him all that we are. This Christmas, as God has given to us, let us renew again our gift back to him. Let us covenant and promise with one another to walk with God as he seeks to walk with us. Amen.